Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I feel like Raphael is the hot, shirtless man up on your wall, and Michael is the picture of your best guy friend <laughs> on your, like, nightstand. Yeah, you're, like, family friend who your parents have, like, always <laughs> been pushing on you, and you're just like, this, I'm going to say I'm like, no, I don't want to date that person. and welcome back to Talking Ship, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Megan Fitzgerald. And I'm Jimena Medina. And if you're tuning into this episode, this is the last episode of our Jane and Michael season. We've been talking Jane and Michael from Jane the Virgin all season long. And this is our very special finale episode. It is a Q&A. It is a round table. We're answering questions that you asked us. And we're just talking about things that we wanted to make some extra time to talk about because we have a lot to say about this show because we love it. And to join us for this very special round table, we are bringing on a very special guest. This is a woman that I know as a very talented comedian and actor, but I also know her as a very passionate supporter of Team Raphael. So <laughs> Bianca Roses, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you give us a little intro? Tell us about your experience with Jane the Virgin. And then, you know, just let's get right into it. Talk about why you are so Team Raphael. Oh my goodness. That intro, Megan. Thank you. Uh, guys, I, I didn't know this was the finale of the season. I am just oh, even yeah. so much more honored. <laughs> um, yes, it's all true. Retweet. I am a Team Raphael for Life OG from season one. I know we wow. can all agree in the later yeah. seasons. I know Jimena is going to fight me on this. That's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> Jimena is going to fight me so hard. And guys, the love has just gotten so real, like beyond Raphael in my real life. You two know <laughs> my love for Justin Baldoni has just heightened to measures that I don't know if I should talk about. But I did definitely text him to invite him on the podcast. You know how celebrities have those like fake text things? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just sidetracked back to back to Team Raphael. Justin, if you're listening, we'll, we're happy to have you on anytime. We'll be super normal. Um, super we're a big fan normal. of your Instagram page. Big fan of your wife. Yes. Big fan of oh. your movies. I love crying. Right? Great. Oh, oh my God. So Five feet apart. I, I just... So that's why I'm team. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So team Raphael, I think it just comes down to from season one. I get it. Michael is, yes, he's going to be a good husband and a good father. He's just, he's the safe choice. That's what it comes down to for me. Raphael is, yes, he is beautiful, a gorgeous specimen that we can all agree on. I hope. He meant if you're going to fight me on that, then we have other problems. <laughs> Up, I agree. <laughs> like, yes, of course the looks come into it, but I just feel like Michael was always the safe bet. And I don't want to go with safe. Like, I want to take a little risk. I want to have a little adventure. Jane, you guys, Jane is a dreamer. Like, she's a writer. She is a creative. She wants that magicalness. And I just feel like Raphael was always it for her from day one. And they had that kiss. Like, he matured since then. He grew into a better person. I, I could go on for days. There are just so many reasons. But I think when it boils down to it, it's that risk versus safe choice. And I always want to go for, you know, with with a bit of rational choosing as well. But you always want to, I prefer to take the risk and see what happens. Okay, this is a perfect segue because 
here is my like developing theory throughout this whole season, because I logically I do understand that of the mm-hmm. Raphael choice. And I do understand that Michael is sometimes maybe the less it's the less risky choice. But sometimes I'm like, mm, is that the less romantic choice? So I think what it all comes down to Michael and Raphael represent two very different like views on relationships in our non-fictional lives. Totally. And so I, I feel like we should like have a conversation about what is your view on love and romance and mm-hmm. it's like best form if you are a team Michael person versus if you are a team Raphael person. Because I think that's what it comes down to. I think it comes down to the personal. I think it's at first so much about the appearance. I personally won't go up to the really hot guy with the abs, right? Mm-hmm. So I, from the from the get-go, I'd probably go lean towards the Michael. And I feel like Raphael is kind of like the hot, shirtless man up on your wall. And Michael is the picture of your best guy friend <laughs> on your, like, nightstand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, like, family friend who your parents have, like, yeah. always been pushing on you. And you're just, like, yeah. or oh, see this, I'm going to say, I'm, like, no, I don't want to date that person. <laughs> like, no. But see, I would be the opposite. I'd yeah. be, like, oh, my God, what a story. <laughs> I've known him my whole life and we just fall in love. Beautiful. Yeah. And both of those are romantic stories. I think if you're like, if you want to team Michael, I think you value funny more than anything. I think the most important thing is like somebody that can make you laugh. Don't do that to Roth. He has his moments. (laughs) Moments. But he, I wouldn't call it his biggest. I I, I concede. I concede. You'd probably have to accept that like you'll be the funnier one. Which is fine. I'm a Leo. I will take that any day. You're probably always going to be the funniest one. So that makes sense to me. The other thing is I'm with you, Jimena. I get really self-conscious of dating a potential fuckboy, even if they've reformed, even if that's not what they want. I get so jealous. I get so insecure. So even knowing that they could go fuck anybody if they wanted to would really stress me out. But I think other people love, they're like, you're so hot. You could fuck anybody, but you're choosing me. And I know you're choosing me and I'm confident in the fact that you're choosing me. And that's part of what turns me on. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a part of it too. Because Bianca, do you feel like you love a chase like do you I do I do I love a fucking chase I like I love it's like is that so immature though I also like I like the chase and uh to your point Megan it's also not like that you think that this person might be unfaithful because I would never ever ever choose that and I think Raphael Mm -hmm. truly commits to Jane like I really do think he's a trustworthy responsible person but it is kind of that temptation factor that he might be getting other eyes from other girls and he is choosing Jane or like Mm -hmm. it might stir up some drama in the future but it will be okay kind of a thing like that push and pull like you would be okay if you and your husband walked into a barbecue and like the other moms were like staring at him oh a hundred percent like stare (laughs) away I'm taking him back home are you kidding me I want a little drama I love that. I think it's funny, though, because I think that they have different ways of doing that. I would love to go into a barbecue and have my significant other just making everybody laugh and then being like, oh, my God, he's so funny and so charming. And like, what a guy. So cute. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know. But if they were like, if they were like, oh, he's so hot, I'd be like, "Okay, and 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 what? (laughs) And I think that's super personal. I think that's like different forms of like insecurity and relationships coming out. 
I feel like for me, and maybe Bianca might be improving your point, goofy guys, kind of like the guy next door, the guy that I will sing Hamilton with, that's my sweet spot. That's my like safety. I know I can tie a guy like that down. And I think for Jane, because she had in the early seasons, this is why I would see Michael, it's like she had so much other stuff going on that was dramatic and hard. Having that safe guy who she literally goes sing karaoke with, it was wanting a partner in action. It's like, that's the couple that you're going to show up to every event together. And people will be like, Oh, look at those two. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like a Raphael will be like, I'm not going to sing Hamilton with you. But but he's like, I think you're amazing. And I don't need to like go with you and your friends necessarily to this trivia, but I will pick you up afterwards. And I will (laughs) hand you a Gatorade. And I will like tuck you into bed and make you a cheese plate. Yeah. Like, slightly different caretaking slightly different partnership but I think I'm so used to the Michael relationship that I feel secure in that and there's something about the Raphael that like I think just because I haven't done it Mm -hmm. it felt very distant to me that kind of romance did there's something about being the star in the relationship I guess Mm -hmm. that appeals to me if I'm gonna be brutally honest (laughs) no that's a really good way to put it she is I mean he is too though and it comes down to his looks but I do feel like he kind of just takes the back burner and lets her ride but I I don't necessarily know if Michael didn't do that I I don't know I think it comes down to like yes Michael is gonna do the karaoke with her but to me, Michael was so cheesy in a way that Raphael isn't. But I'm sure Raphael is super cheesy to to other people that Michael isn't. So it's really just your taste. It's really yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and they represent just the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, they're, but they are both charming. I think that's like the beauty of it is that they showed one woman truly, truly being in love with two very different kinds of people. And I think that's a good lesson in that, like, just because right now I want a Michael, that doesn't mean that that's ultimately the right choice for me. That doesn't mean that won't change tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's totally about where you are in life. I lean more towards Michaels, but I've always wanted a Raphael to like me. And I think we talked about this before where like, Mm -hmm. it's like both sides of my type, let's say, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but definitely Michael right now. (laughs) So I'm wondering what you guys think. Jenny Snyder Ullman, who was the creator, the showrunner of the show, says that said in an interview towards the end of the season that they always knew they were going to make Jane and Raphael end up together. That was the plan from season one. Mm -hmm. So why do you guys think that they chose to do this? Why was that the kind of end game? What were they choosing to say about love and relationships by making Jane and Raphael the ultimate end goal love story? I think that since the whole show is such a telenovela, I think that they were like, life isn't, quote, fair, unquote, you know, just kind of shows how unfair life can be. She had this perfect match and it was a fairy tale. And then he dies, comes back and it's just not the same anymore. But she's grown in the meantime with Raphael. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's just like kind of realistic. Yep, I completely agree. The show does such a good job at kind of flipping the telenovela idea on its head and giving us exactly what Jimena just said, like that realistic version. So maybe, Jimena, you would know better because I know you've watched a million telenovelas. (laughs) But I feel like in a telenovela, they'd be like, oh, well, Michael's actually alive and he's not dead. So now Jane's going to end up with him and they're going to be happily ever after. But in this Mm -hmm. show, they're like, nope, she's moved on. She has a life. 
all, yes. I am still so livid with Jane for going to Montana, but that's a okay. separate. <laughs> no, wait, okay, I separate, actually want to talk about that too. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so I'm glad that they acknowledge the realistic side of things that she had moved on. This was a completely different person. It's not even Michael. It's Jason. Like, let's not yeah. kid ourselves. And yeah. this is what it was. So I think that's probably why. Do you know? Because I think I read that same article. Do you know when? She said it was towards the end of the season, but did she mean from the start of the show or did she I think mean she meant from the start of the, the show. very start of the show? Yeah, which makes sense because, again, like I think the show rides this line of leaning into telenovelas and also, as you just said, trying to flip them. Mm-hmm. So the leaning into the telenovela was like, we need to drag this out. She's not going to get married to the person she ends up with in season two. And so that made sense to me that they kind of had to make this like a long extended story. But also in the subversion of the telenovela, I think in these classic stories, like the Rogelio shows Mm -hmm. that we see throughout the show, there is one central romance and one true love. I actually think in a telenovela, the main character doesn't really like change that much. And we see this with like Rogelio's characters, like they are always dependable. They are always this and they they don't have a huge arc throughout the show. But Jane does. Mm -hmm. Jane changes. So I like that they flipped that. She becomes braver. She becomes like more self-sufficient. She becomes less obsessed with like romance and more like, you know, strong herself. And I also like that they flipped this narrative that you can only have one true love. Because I think Michael was the right person for her in that moment, even if he wasn't the right person for everyone. And Raphael was the right person for her towards the end of the show, I liked that they made that conscious choice to be like, no, you can, you can be fully in love twice. Yeah. That makes me sad to hear that because I support that, but I don't know. I guess I'm such a romantic that I'm like, no, there's one true love and that's your love forever. But, but I've also lived it being in love with more Mm -hmm. than one romantic person. But I think it's good. It's again, it's another component of the realism of the show. Like this show, one of the reasons I love it so much is that it really kind of pushes the boundaries and gives you that real side of things that you're not expecting. Whether that's, I I don't know, Xiomara's like liberalness or just so many examples that you're not expecting it, especially for a Mm -hmm. show on the CW. And then you're like, damn, Jane the Virgin did it again. Like I was not expecting that. And that's why I love it. Yeah. And even in like these little like the um, the voiceover, they literally had a comment where something was like, and it was in 2016 because they were watching this live or maybe 2017. And they were like, something, something. I'm with her. And it was like a fight they were having. I said, I'm with her. And the voiceover goes, so was I, as well as six million people. Yes, the yes, yes, yes. And I was yes. like, oh my God. Yes, yes. And I actually, I remember because I was just rewatching one of the episodes and the narrator on Jane's birthday, the night she met Michael, they said that she's drunk at her. It's like the the text where they're talking mm-hmm. about what's going on. They're like, Jane's drunk at her birthday party. And then they like cross out drunk and say, very drunk. And you're like, oh, they're keeping it PG. And then they gro- cross out pe- very drunk. And it says, Jane is hammered at her birthday party. Even that word to me is a little bit more, you know, like naughty in a way that you yeah. wouldn't expect. And I just, I yeah. love that so much about the show. Yeah. Well, I think maybe now is a good time to talk about this show kind of gets... I think sometimes a reputation of being a quote guilty pleasure or Mm. did at Mm. the time because it's 
There's this soapy telenovela element of it. There's these magical realism elements where they like burst into song. Even even I just think it's as simple as like the color scheme of like, yes. it's a beautiful and colorful and people are like, this is a fun right. show. This yes. is a female show. So I just want to get everyone's take on like how we as a culture tend to treat these shows. Mm-hmm. And if you guys ever got shit for like loving this show. Yes, I got shit all the time. I got shit from my dad. I think people sometimes get put off by loud, bright, mainstream things. Mm-hmm. And I think that a telenovela is like so intricate and not simple. But overall, it's a very simple love story. And I think that sometimes people can't deal with enjoying something that seems so unreal, even though it has so many mm-hmm. things that we can actually relate to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. On the surface, it seems a lot simpler than it really is. The show is complex. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't watch it when it was live on air. I remember when you started watching it. I remember because yeah. you came up to me and you were like, Jimena, do you want to change Bridget? And I was like, yes. I just like needed to talk to everyone about it because I was floored. I come, you guys both know this, from a very Catholic conservative family. Jane's abuela is my mom, essentially. And Ziomar is actually my aunt as the two female figures in my life. And I just related so hardcore to those beliefs and values and customs and growing up in that household. And like it was a fresh of breath air to have Ziomar's character go against that in a way and really be true to herself and live herself. So I think that when you look at it on the surface, exactly what you're saying, Megan, like the colors are bright, the storylines are a little basic, like love triangles, telenovelas, Mm -hmm. sure. But it gets intense and it like there's a lot of good political commentary. It just pushes the boundaries. And I think it's mm-hmm. so much more than what people think it is. Like I genuinely wish everyone would watch this show. Yeah. And I think it also has so many cliches and people don't like cliches. Mm. And I get it. They're overused. But in Jane the Virgin, every cliche is pointed out mm-hmm. by the narrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have cliches and they also break cliches. Like right. two of the main relationships in this show, in this like CW telenovela are lesbian relationships. Right, right. And that I feel like went under the radar. This show came out. 2014? Yeah. So this show came out in 2014 on the CW. Like this was before we're used to having as many queer relationships on TV. And it did that kind of without like blinking, without acknowledging it, without being like, ooh, look at us. Mm -hmm. It handled that. Zumara gets breast cancer. Like I think Mm -hmm. it's just a great lesson that you can tell fun stories and there's nothing wrong with loving a love triangle. There's nothing wrong with dying over a magical kiss. You can also tell important and serious stories in a fun way. Mm-hmm. The, the plot line of Rogelio learning to stand up for himself on the set of his telenovela when they weren't paying him as much. They handle this kind of complicated story of like Brooke Shields as a white woman is making more in the telenovela than Rogelio. So he learns that he has to stand by her and accept that she is a one of the few women in the industry that like can ask for what she's worth and do it. But then he also has to stand up for himself because it is his show. And because he is a person of color, he is getting paid less and that matters too. And that's like a difficult conversation that you wouldn't expect, A, I think just the CW to have. But I don't think everyone expects that it's like happening in this show where there's also a dance number. Yeah. They did it. I do think that the the network might have something to do with it because you kind of judge a book by its cover and the other shows on the CW. I wonder if this was, well, if it was released now, it wouldn't be as 
provocative probably and like pushing the boundaries as we're talking about but I wonder if it was produced on as like a Netflix original or a Hulu Mm. original even if people might have I don't want to say have taken it more seriously but given it a little bit more clout for what it was worth rather than just kind of bucketing it with the other CW shows right you go into it with different expectations Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe the CW doesn't get enough credit. Like maybe I'm not giving the CW enough credit. Yeah, Sam. I'm like shit talking the CW. Yeah. I'm like, well, they did let them do all of these things on the CW. Yeah. You know what? Snaps to CW. I'm not full circle right now. Okay. Like (laughs) when they talk about the CW and they're like, I don't know what that is. You know, in that episode, I thought that was genius. I was like, they know how to make puns. They know how to like bash on themselves. Self reference. Yep. Yep. (laughs) It It was great. I also think this show, like, if it wasn't so judged, I think people would enjoy it. I had a friend that I would watch it with who is quite literally the opposite of me. And she thinks that everything I do is ridiculous. And she still enjoyed the show and appreciated all of the moments that I appreciated. I think mm-hmm. people are not giving these things enough of a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emily Nussbaum, who's like a TV critic, has this book called I Like to Watch. And it's this collection of essays she's written about TV over time. And one of the things she writes about is Jane the Virgin. And she talks about how people, you know, were like, assumed it was guilty pleasure and she said something about like we assume something is a guilty pleasure when a show makes women's lives look fun and Mm. like that's what it is as soon as you see three women sitting on the porch or a girl you know in a synchronized swimming montage even like Petra looking great in her shorts you're like oh this is a woman's show this is women having fun this isn't the Sopranos this isn't the wire this isn't a Breaking Bad because it's not there's I don't know not guns but there are guns there There are guns guns, and there happens to be florals and we can have both we can have both Hey, everyone, Jimena and I will be right back with our Michael and Jane discussion. We're just going to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. Take it away, Travis. Congress is staring down a potential healthcare disaster. Beginning January 1st, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will drastically reduce Medicare payments for many healthcare providers. In the midst of ongoing strain from the pandemic, Physicians will now have to navigate severe financial pressures. Seniors could lose access to doctors they trust and face physician shortages. Medicare patients and doctors need your support. With only a few weeks left in the year, patients and physicians are calling on Congress to pass legislation to reverse Medicare cuts. Visit physiciansgrassrootsnetwork.org forward slash reverse Medicare cuts to learn more. The other thing that the show did so well, and again, as we said in 2014, despite being 20% of the population, only 5.5 of top recurring cast members across broadcast TV, cable TV, and streaming are Latinx as of 2019. So this is of 2019. So probably even less series regulars in 2014. This is according to Nielsen study. So Jimena, I have known you for years and I knew you after you watched this show, but as a romantic and as an actor and as someone who is close with their family and you have a South American extended family, can you speak a bit about the representation you saw on this show and what it meant to you, especially because you watched it at such like a coming of age time in your life? The thing that I think stood out to me the most was the relationship with the grandma Mm -hmm. because the grandma's so conservative and she kind of always has her grandma in her head. 
She's always like when she's doing things, she hears her grandma's voice to tell her not to do that thing. And I feel like I had that same thing with my mom or even my grandma. Like I would leave my house. I know this is so silly, but I would leave my house and be like, oh, no, my mom's going to like she would get mad. I don't have earrings on. It's that thing of like appearance even of like what a woman should be and like breaking that in this show. Mm -hmm. Like from a feminist point of view, there are so many ideas in the Latin culture that were represented in this show and broken. For example, the thing that I think stood out to me the most, because I was watching it while I was like feeling frustrated about the whole man of the house thing. Mm -hmm. Because there are things that we talk about sometimes that when they happen, then in rewatching the show, I was like, oh, that's what Jimena is talking about. Like some of the stuff with Jorge, some of the stuff with Abuela, like seeing that represented, I was like, that is not something that happened in my white Berkeley house. Exactly. Growing up. Exactly. And I think that because I grew up in California, in Santa Monica, I kind of didn't see it as much, but the little bit that was in my own house, I would get irritated by. And Mm. so watching that kind of magnified on the show, I felt so heard. I felt so seen. I felt like I loved the representation and the way that they were able to like break that up or even the way they would justify Mm. that. Like the grandma was like, well, you know, this is how I feel. And she's like, no, that's fine that you feel this way, that you feel that there should be a man of the house. But we need to like find some place in the middle because I'm not going to always pick up his dish and let him go watch the television right away. Oh, I forgot about like cringing so hard when that happened. And, you know, I've seen that happen in my family where like someone's like, oh, no, go get that for your uncle or for your dad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but can't he? It's like, no, he might not. That's your father. That's your uncle. Mm -hmm. It's like just different cultures. And I really love the way they incorporated everything into that. And then Bianca, I feel like, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. You... Oh my gosh, the Catholic guilt runs rampant. (laughs) It's so real. It is the realest. And I feel like when I first started watching the show, I was like, how has it taken this long? Himana, this is probably why I called you or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, do you watch this show? We need to talk. I felt like it was the first show on TV that genuinely addresses Catholicism in a true way. It doesn't bullshit it. It's it's the things that Abuela does. Remember when Ziomara, I think in the first season, there's she gets an abortion or has mm-hmm. to or talks about getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't even say that word in my household. My, my, oh, yes, right. like it is that serious. And it's obviously a very sensitive subject. And it's a big religious point of contention in my family because we all pretty much have different views on it. But I just remember Abuela being so against it and Ziomara standing her ground, doing what she needed to do. And I just had so much respect for the show approaching such a sensitive subject right off the bat and really diving Mm -hmm. into it and not being afraid to. But also, I will say, you know, faith is something that I still have and hold inside me as like one of my values for myself. But you know, it's it's more of a fluid liberal kind of faith. I like that there's so many different point of views. Like I like mm-hmm. that Abuela was, you know, so against it. I like that Ziomara was wanted to do her thing. And Jane, you know, kind of is in the middle of that all the time, which I feel a lot. I felt yeah. like I could just relate to her so hard because of that. And the show does a good job of of being true to it, you know, with praying before meals, just little things like that. Like crosses all over the house and mm-hmm. just it, it it wasn't a 
a parody by any means. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a caricature of faith or religion. They were respectful to Abuela and her character's point of view. Everyone was justified in their beliefs and their thoughts, but everyone was still vocal. And I feel like the show didn't judge each character for what they were believing, if that makes sense. Totally. They didn't make one side the 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 wrong side right side, and I, or the wrong exactly. side and i yeah. think they did the same thing culturally with the latin point of view like i think that so many people might be like oh you know latin american people are sexist and it's like yeah they have their beliefs that are a little bit more sexist but there is no need to judge those um mm-hmm. i think they do a really good job of justifying it's like well they are this way because of this and you are this way because right. of this mm-hmm. we have to find a common ground type of thing Mm-hmm. I really, really, oh, the writing is just so good. They really, it's so good. Everybody yeah. has a solid ground and you don't hate anybody. Mm-hmm. Not I think that what makes such good TV is when you can disagree with someone, but you still get why that character is doing what they're doing. And even with a villain, you can understand why they're making that choice. Even as Team Raphael, I can understand Team Michael's point of view, I suppose I can say. (laughs) But seriously, that's exactly it, Jimena. Like you, you can just get why each person is making that choice and not judge it. There's no right or wrong. This is why I think sometimes television is the best way to have difficult conversations because you have they all of these conversations are anchored by three dimensional characters who you know and love or at least like are learning to understand and can understand their point of view. And sometimes I think that's a better way to present two sides of an argument than on paper by political people who you know nothing about. And the show never shied away from that. Mm-hmm. And like as someone who does did not relate to a lot of those themes, I s- learned a lot about them. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also, it was really refreshing for me I, I, in a way that, you know, TV is sex and drugs and rock yeah. and roll. And now I sound like I'm 90 years old. But <laughs> no, honestly, like TV, to have a show with the protagonist being a strong female virgin, mm-hmm. you don't see that. And to have the show be so entertaining and so funny and with it and witty and, you know, top of mind, and all the things that we've discussed, for me, because I was raised in such a religious household, you know, the fact that they weren't even sh- shying away from the fact that she hadn't had sex yet and made that such a big topic, that was refreshing. And I really mm-hmm. appreciated that point of view because it was just different than anything else I'd seen. Yeah. This is not something we discussed prior to recording. And so feel free to not discuss it. But <laughs> for both of you guys growing up, did you feel, was there pressure to keep your virginity until oh. marriage? I didn't have the pressure of till marriage, mm-hmm. which I'm so grateful because I already have so much guilt coming from all these other things that were put on me that I'm glad I didn't have that one too. Mm-hmm. I had so much pressure really? every mm-hmm. day. I, my mom might still think I'm a virgin to this day. <laughs> Not actually, but seriously, I was told out loud on repeat all the time to wait for marriage through high school, through college until I lost my virginity. I thought I was going to hell. I remember in CCD. Oh, truly. I remember in CCD, which is Sunday school, basically, we had like a Q&A and you were allowed to write on notes what you wanted to ask the, not the priest, the priest didn't teach CCD, whoever it was. So in CCD Sunday school, you could write on notes 
questions you had that you might be afraid to ask out loud. And I remember writing on a note, will I go to hell if I have sex before marriage? Because I genuinely did not know. I thought I was going to go to hell if I had sex before I got married. And the Catholic guilt I have learned to cope with, but I think it will be a part of me forever, honestly. And it wasn't wow. it wasn't like my mom or my grandma didn't really talk to me about it a lot, but my it wasn't my mom being mean. Mm-hmm. It was just her telling me what she thought was best for me. And I still I my mom and I are best friends. Like I will never hold that against her. It, you know, it's what she thought was best. So it's what I just also was I didn't actually think was best, so I was confused uh-huh. and scared. And yeah, I remember asking that question and the CCD person being like, no, you're not going to go to hell if you have sex before marriage. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go. And then I ran and had sex. No. <laughs> Did you go to a Catholic school? No, I didn't go to a Catholic school, but I went to CCD every day and then youth group through high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't like I was afraid to have sex. Like I thought Jesus was mad at me and God was mad at me every wow. time. Like that that flower that Jane has, I don't have a flower, but I feel like I metaphorically have a flower because the crumpleness of it, I'm just I just I felt it so hard. I was like this was my life. That's why I was so hyped to find this show because it was just hitting all of the points that nothing else had other than my family. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Because I my family wasn't that religious. I mean, we were. I went to Sunday school a little bit. I only got like the little taste of it. And I still had some sort of like little guilt because I'm like, is Jesus always mm-hmm. watching? Um. <laughs> he met his, can I just say out loud that he met his looking around right now? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I just can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you guys both for sharing those points of view. That was so good. <laughs> oh, my God. So we relate to Jane in a lot of different ways, but there are also some moments where we don't. So um, I want to ask you guys, are there any choices that Jane makes where that you would have made a different choice? Okay, so I've never had a loved one die and come back from the dead. However, I think I would probably be a lot more hesitant on just running back and forgetting about Raphael and our whole life that we created for all those years. I was really angry when that happened. I, I would not yes, have done the same. Yeah. You talk to Michael, you get closure, you leave. I thank you for saying that. Yeah. I thought as a Team Michael fan, yeah. you weren't going to. So I applaud you and I appreciate that. <laughs> My blood was boiling. Like that, you, the fact that Raphael took her back, I was right. just absolutely appalled at that decision. And I don't know if, same with you, have not had a family member, I can't even believe we're saying this, come back from the dead. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know what I would do in her shoes, but I'm sorry, like get over it. You guys were engaged, like sure you got married, but like you didn't have a 20 year marriage, have nine kids together. And then he came back from the dead. Like you had a love that I'm not discounting, Mm -hmm. but she was like fully with Raphael at that point. And she just basically was like, peace, dude, I'm going to go check this guy out and I'll let you know. I thought that was really fucked up. I'm going to agree. I wouldn't have gone to Montana. He's not Michael. He's Jason. And she knows. She knows that it's Jason. It's just like a little part of her that's like, meh, 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 meh. But I think when it's that little, you just got to shut that shit down because in the real world, Raphael would have never taken her back. Mm-hmm. And I I never could have gotten over that. If I was Raphael, mm-hmm. being not chosen so many times, absolutely 
never could have mm-hmm. gotten over it. Sometimes she speaks her feelings too much, mm-hmm. where but where she's like, here's where I am in the process of my feelings. Yeah. Like too being soon. Like, right. Like, and I, I, you know, we're all about communication. We preach that. But like, sometimes I think when you tell people where you are while you're still in process, they don't fully believe you when you've come to a concrete decision because they know where your brain was two days ago. This happens a lot with her where I think that if she had just waited until she knew and then expressed her feelings, she could have saved a lot of people, a lot of stress and hurt. Mm -hmm. Yep. Completely agree. I also, I was just thinking, I think it's season two when her and Michael break up after the engagement and she's really gung-ho about waiting. Like her and Raphael kiss, but she's really gung-ho about waiting. This actually upset me a little bit because I think he should have respected her a little more and let her wait it out. But, you know, he ends up saying, we'll keep it a secret. Like other people's feelings are involved. Sure. But we won't have Michael find out. But I think the right decision, I don't know. If she had waited, I just think it would have given a little bit more maturity to the situation. And like, okay, let me decompress from this two-year relationship. I was engaged to this guy. I think that when you have a clearer head, you can make better decisions. And she clearly was, you know, healing from Michael. And Mm -hmm. I think if she had fully healed, then, you know, it all worked out. Team Raw forever. (laughs) But you're not wrong. It could have. I do think she could have waited a little bit more. Not uh, not even out of respect to Michael, just out of respect to herself Mm -hmm. and taking some time. It was yeah. like not even a day. <laughs> like I don't literally think. Literally not a day. Yeah. She's not single enough. That's another thing. It's yes. like she doesn't give yes. the only time she is alone and she is single is is after Michael dies. Oh, so true, and, Megan. And and she's from 21 to 30 mm-hmm. or whatever she is at the end of the last season. So Oh, that's such a good point. Should we talk about that for a minute? Because I love—I think being single is so important. It's so important. I love being in love, but I love being single. Like it is so important. And this girl is bouncing back and forth. Like you need a date with yourself. Like let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it because she's someone who falls in love easily, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and you know, Jimena and I have talked about this. Like we sometimes fall in that camp, but like. When I went through a breakup at 24, it was because I had been with someone since I was 21. And I was like, I do not want to go all of my 20s being in a relationship, even even though I am someone who is romantic. And like, yes, I crush on people constantly. Did my brain ever fully leave a state of having feelings for somebody? No, it has never. But all of my decisions are still for myself and my decisions aren't affected by somebody else. And Jane is someone who is so conscious of like other people that I think she needed more time to be like, well, I don't have to make this decision based on Michael or Raphael or anyone else I'm dating. I just get to make this decision because of me. And I think that's an important time in a woman's life. Mm -hmm. Oh, amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> amen. Our Catholic roots are coming out. We're like, amen, Megan. I remember that breakup. I was so proud of you for that. Oh, yeah. Um, Bianca, I saw that you had a, you had a moment. So, um, <laughs> uh, share with us, share with us, uh, your thoughts. Yes. I did have a epiphany. Um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I want to have on the record that, I am not team Raphael because of Mateo. I am not, you know, 
oh, well, they're having a kid together. They should just be together. That has nothing to do with my team Raphael from the start. Of course, we're all team Jane. I think that goes without Mm -hmm. being said. And I think Jane needs to be happy with whoever she's going to be happiest with in order to raise her son in the happiest family that he can be with. And I know so many people just say, well, they're having a kid together. It would work out so well. And like, honestly, Raphael even says that a lot too. And I'm like, shut up, dude. You're not having a kid together. You're accidentally inseminated, whatever. (laughs) And I just wanted to be very clear, like that has nothing to do with it. I think it's because she honestly has a genuine attraction to him and wants to be with him and all the other reasons. But I just wanted to say it it does not have to do with like, oh, well, if it works out, it could be really great. Because right. I know I mentioned risk before, but that risk is involving another human. So you don't want to risk And a developing one too. Like Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. And Mateo has enough problems as it is. <laughs> I love that they made Mateo a little shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so great. I'm so great. And those twins literally reading Lean In. Yeah. Oh, genius. <laughs> That was another example of why the show is so good. Like, let's not yeah. have this perfect little kid. Like, let's show a kid that has problems in school and isn't yeah. like a perfect child. That's just another reason. Yeah. He's a little shit yeah. and it's it's great. I have a question it's though. Great. I just mm-hmm. really, and we don't have to go into depth as of why, but I really do want to know your favorite characters besides like Jane and the boys. Like just what is your mm. favorite character apart from Michael, Raphael, and Jane? Okay. Yeah. Let's go into it. Do you know? Yeah. Um, Petra. I love the frenemy relationship with Jane. I think that she does such a good job. She's also a great actress. It's mm. chef's kiss. Yeah, she has to play Anetska and Pre- and and Petra. She doesn't get enough credit. I agree. Yeah. My favorite character is, besides the love triangle is Rogelio. Mm. And uh, the moment where there are some moments of television where no matter where I am, no matter what mood I am, no matter how many times I've seen it, if I watch that little clip, I will instantly burst into tears. And mine with Rogelio is in the finale when they see it's like a flash and you see that Rogelio like does become a crossover star and you see all the magazine covers and you're like, oh, he did it. He worked so hard. Wait, you actually cry like, oh, my God, you're crying. You're crying. (laughs) She is crying, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if it's because I'm an actor and like he's also like he's one of those actors that just like worked and worked and mm-hmm. worked and like he did it and they didn't need it to make it a lesson of like sometimes you don't get what you want like Rogelio got what he wanted and <laughs> literally like they don't even show it they just yeah. show magazine covers and I just cry I just I'm so happy for Rogelio oh my gosh I love it I was expecting oh he's so funny the comic relief the big character moves no yeah and that's Oh, I'm just so obsessed with the show. Like they give that depth to each character. Yeah. That yeah. is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think Ziomara is my Ooh. favorite. I kind of mentioned this earlier. I just think I try to embody her confidence and her realness, especially with her mother battling mm. their opposing points of view, living in the same house, going out, having fun, not being, you know, like the Catholic superstar that her mom uh, Alba is yeah um so I just really love her and I also love her for giving Jane the choice you know she probably pushes herself too much but she doesn't force Jane to choose anything I I just I love that about her yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh I love this show I (laughs) I had to leave it okay I feel like we should go into do you ship it okay (laughs) okay so this is one of our 
favorite segments. We're going to list a combination of two things and try to create uh, a ship name. And we're going to tell each other if we, if we ship it, if we support the combination of these two things. Does anyone feel passionate about going first? Okay, I'll kick it off. This is so silly. Okay, the first one is, do you ship it? Duh, boys. <laughs> so it's like D-A-B-O-I-S. So it's like duh, boys. But curveball, it's not what you think. What it stands for is dad, boys. So do you ship boys that remind you of your dad? Ah! And I'm not, no, 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 not in like a kinky way, like in like a good qualities or bad qualities. Like, do you find that you're attracted to people that kind of like not even physically resemble, but like maybe have the same mannerisms or or just like Mm -hmm. act like your dad in a a way? Was that a weird one? No, 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 it's not weird at all. I think about this all the time. I think it is a psychology, you guys, and we cannot judge if it happens. So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I personally do ship it. Like, I think when someone reminds me of my dad too much, I'm like, mm, no. Right. It hasn't happened to me yet, I guess, mm. where I've like really fallen for someone that's like reminded me of my dad. But I do want guys to be able to get along with my dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, my dad, this is funny. My dad always told me as a kid, he's like, you're either going to end up with someone that's exactly like me or that's the opposite of me. And he meant like in his, his ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think they have like, similar personalities like in a in a sense which I'm just like oh that's kind of creepy to admit out loud (laughs) here we are okay Bianca what's your next one do you ship it nookups this is hookups when you know you shouldn't hook up with someone but you do anyways a hundred percent a hundred percent I ship it too (laughs) yeah are you kidding me the sexiest thing in the world what (laughs) Yeah. yeah Um, Jimena. Hello. <laughs> okay. Do you ship it? Cause love. Okay. Well, that didn't come off right. <laughs> Wait, oh, no. I, I met a family member dating an ex. Oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> this bitch. Yeah. Um, no, I would not have been okay with it. I'm sorry. No. Like, it would have been weird. Yep. Yeah. I I don't ship it. I also honestly, in that situation, I think there's less of an excuse. Then, like, if your friend wanted to date your ex, I don't want my friends to date my exes. But there, that to me, it's like I hang out with my friends more than my cousins. So it's like, okay, if my ex and my friend were hanging out all the time and a chemistry thing started to happen, like, I guess I could see why. But with my cousin, I'm like, dude, were you just hopping a feel at Thanksgiving? Like, when did this happen? You went out of your way to do this. Right, exactly. Like, it didn't actually organically happen. We see each other. I I see my cousins all the time, actually. If they're listening, they're gonna be like, fuck you, we hung out on Sunday. But but I just, what you said, Megan, I feel like it's like you're you're really trying to make this happen and you suck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Do you ship it? (laughs) Damn, Graham. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when your grandma uh is dating yes i should yes. oh that was thank great thank you i just don't really like the way that sounded that was a beautiful delivery and yes i ship damn graham mm-hmm. okay damn graham. Damn, damn graham mine are fast and dumb mama see ah no i gotta i gotta do it i gotta, I gotta do it i said mama see ah like Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's, got it. see, it's 
Ah, oh, it's talking to your mom about your sex life. <gasps> oh, wow, no. absolutely not. Oh. Look, I think I hope to one day get there. I think my mom, look, I don't hope she doesn't listen to this, honestly, but at this case, but at this point, look, I just don't, I don't know if she knows anything now. <laughs> and it's, it would be so bizarre. Yeah, I, you guys have heard too much on this podcast already. Yeah. <laughs> I could never. I ship it for other people, but not for me. Like no. I ship it for myself in the future. But right now, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah. It is a no for me as well. Sorry, mom. She listens to every episode. I and mean, that's as close as we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay well i'm gonna let you guys go but thank you bianca so much for being here for this special guest appearance Woo! thank you guys for having me this was so much fun oh it was a joy and himena thank you for a beautiful season we talk all the time anyways but it's been really (laughs) fun to do it through this format it has been thank you so much for having me this has been incredible megan you are amazing um i just you know, bring on people who are funnier and smarter than me and I get to benefit from it. So (laughs) everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Talking Ship Podcast. Bianca, do you want to share where people can find you? Yes, you can find me. I'm like looking out my window like I'm in Brooklyn. No, you can find me. (laughs) Where am I? Bianca M. Roses online. (laughs) <laughs> on, on all the places and he met you can find me at x-i-m-e-m-e-d-i on instagram and you can find me at only megan 815 if you enjoyed this season this episode give us a little rating give us a little review subscribe because next week we are on to a new couple a new discussion and we hope that you continue to join us as we continue to talk ship about fictional people and relate it to our non-fictional lives well until that time thank you for listening and you know go out there and find yourself a michael and a Raphael. <laughs> that's what i wish for all of you but a Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> okay bye bye, bye. ciao ciao Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.